Welcome back, everyone, to another Eat Speak podcast, the most delicious podcast of the Metroplex, the most listened to food podcast in Texas. I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. We're at the Cook Shack. It's here at 500 University Drive on the west side of Fort Worth. You know, our guest today is Mark Rogers of the Cook Shack because we are really interested in chicken in general. Hot chicken is everywhere. And this is, you know, the Cook Shack's been a real mystery to people. You managed to open and keep a real lid on exactly what was going on. People knew it was chicken, but they didn't know much about it. You kind of hid out and, and it, uh, you kind of kept a secret until the Cook Shack opened. So, Mark, welcome. Thank welcome you. to the Eat Speak podcast. And tell us about the Cook Shack. Well, first, thank you for having me. Um, the Cook Shack is an idea that took a couple of years to realize. Uh, we sell hot chicken, ribs, salads, and what's fun with our chicken ribs is we do it to the heat level of your choosing. We have uh, a heat level that we'll call not hot and we go all the way up five levels to AMF, which is where we use the three hottest peppers in the world. Um, it's been fun. It's been exciting, and this is the first one. Now, you're from Dallas. We don't even know what hot chicken means exactly, and we know that everybody who says they're doing hot chicken is doing it differently. Is it Nashville, Memphis? Is it the Asian hot chicken that's across the street at Deep Ellum? Uh, you know, what, what is your hot chicken, and, and is, oh, is it Gus's? Tell us, tell us what you mean when you say hot chicken. Okay, so... I think I had to pay homage to um, the folks in Nashville that started Hot Chicken 40, 50 years ago. And there was a woman who went by Mama Prince, and she had uh, a husband. And the husband was a womanizer, according to her. And she always had dinner for him every night when he came in. Uh, breakfast and dinner she'd cook for him. and. She finally got tired of this, and one night she said, you know what, I'm going to kill him. Uh, I've had enough. She went and found the hottest pepper she could find in the world. She, she mixed in some oil. Uh, she made some fried chicken, dipped that fried chicken into the oil with the hottest peppers in the world. And when he went to take a bite of that chicken, she said, I hope he falls over. I'm tired of him cheating on me. And in fact, after that first bite, he said, woman, this is the best meal I've ever had in my life. I want it every day we can have it. And she went and opened a hot chicken restaurant. It's still there today called Prince's and her niece now runs it. Now, when, when I tried hot chicken for the first time, um, I wanted to get my eyes around exactly how they did it. Uh, it was Nashville hot chicken that I tried first. And ours is similar, but we like to say it's, it's Texas hot. And I say that because we'll, we'll make the fried chicken itself. We will then dip it into an oil. And depending on the heat level, the oils um, have different seasonings uh, and, and different spices mixed in there. So we will dip the chicken into the spice, lift it out, it will drain, and then we will uh, put the chicken on a piece of bread, serve it with a handmade fresh side here. Um, and depending on your heat level preference, if it's mild, you'll get a little, a little twinge, nothing that bad, medium, um, Medium you will feel, but again, you can handle for the most part. That's been our most popular popular preference. Uh, Texas hot will make you sweat a little, and then AMF um, AMF will burn your mouth for probably 20 it, minutes. It, people, a lot of people have said it is the hottest of the hot chicken they've had. So the the uh, the, the AMF. So the uh, so you have five levels of chicken. Is that right? Five levels. Five levels of heat. Um, 
Uh, what, what's your hottest pepper you use? So we use the hottest pepper in the world, the Carolina Reaper pepper. Uh-huh. We also use the second hottest pepper in the world, the Trinidad Scorpion pepper. And we use the third hottest pepper in the world, the ghost pepper, all in the AMF uh-huh. uh, level seasoning. And this uh, sounds like something that probably could kill somebody. <laughs> oh, it's rough. When we had the testing days, um, I got to a point and said, I, I, I do not look forward to the to those afternoons we have to mm-hmm. taste a bunch of that AMF. It, it hurts. The oh. story about uh, about how the chicken started is just the same. You know, over at Lo- El Asadero, Los Asaderos on the north side, everybody, they have are known for having the hottest hot sauce in town of all the Tex-Mex restaurants. And the family over there was going through a divorce for several years. And it was always said that when, uh, when she was really mad at her husband, she made the hot sauce as hot as it could get. And that's people started loving El Asadero and saying, you gotta go to El Asadero, my God, this hot sauce is great. And, and you know, the sauce just got hotter and hotter and hotter. You know, the, it's, a, it's a great story. I absolutely love the way it started. Uh, and I think it's important to say what you noted at the beginning was that we, we do try to differentiate a little bit different than Nashville. Yeah. And the Nashville hot chicken can be redder and it can be what I'm going to call wetter or saucier, uh, and and ours is not that way. And you're also different from Gus's Memphis. Gus's is a, is a peanut oil fried and, and more of a broasted. What, what's the difference in yours and the Gus's type of hot chicken? So from what I've seen over time, I think Gus's, um, and I, I probably shouldn't guess, but ours ha- is fried chicken that is dipped into the oil right and theirs is more made within the batter i think that's right yeah and so there's a difference there between the two yeah and i haven't i haven't diagnosed rule the roost yet i don't know exactly what theirs is but we're we're, why are we beset with hot chicken why has the wendy's hot chicken the popeye's hot chicken why has this suddenly become such a craze i used to ask myself that same question before i'd ever had it um and i will tell you there's something about spice when it's done correctly, where after you take a bite, you really want to go back in for that second bite. And we've had guests after these first three weeks that they'll eat hot chicken and they come back two, three days later and they said, you, you have no idea this changed my life. Once I had a little bit of that spice, <laughs> I, I'm craving it. And um, that's what we have seen. That people want it again and again and again. Now, what, which level are they getting? Because we need to have that change your life. <laughs> that needs to be the name of us of a level yeah, to change your life. So, medium has been our most popular preference, and what shocks us, um, based on what we've seen with our competitors across the country, what shocks us is that while the competitors show that mild has been number two elsewhere, mm-hmm. for us it's been Texas hot. So I don't know if it's the people of Texas <laughs> like things spicy or what, but medium and Texas hot have been uh, the most commonly ordered heat levels. Yeah, I think word got around pretty quick to get the Texas hot. Well now, you're not a rookie at this. You've been in the restaurant business, and this was the secret. People thought you were like some you know, total newbie trying to open up a big-time chicken place in a developing part of Fort Worth. You've really been at this for a while. Tell everybody your restaurant background. So I'm the son of a restaurateur, um, and I've learned so much from him. I'll tell you, my father uh, co-founded a company 40 years ago called Cheddar's um, here in uh, the North Texas area. And he, I'm, I'm very proud of the success that, that his brand had for all these years. Uh, I joined him 
oh, quite a while ago. And like any good father, he humbled me. He put me in the kitchen, told me I needed to learn how to be a dishwasher, a cook, and then a manager and uh, work my way through the business. And so he just rubbed your he just rubbed your nose into the ground so much drove you so low destroyed it to the point that you became a sportscaster is that correct? It, was the, it actually went the opposite okay. i did television first and and then the restaurant business and i tell the story i said um i was engaged and to be married and and one night i'm out having a drink with dirk Nowitzki and steve nash after a basketball game and the next day i'm um, at a fryer at our Cheddar's on Greenville Avenue in Dallas, wondering what has happened to my life. I had flour covering my body from head to toe, uh, and it took a while to it took a while to get things settled out. And before I started to understand the restaurant business, where's your next location? Oh, that's a great question. We have uh, ongoing meetings right now to find site two, and I will tell you. My father, uh, during this process, has always said, we will not look at doing number two until we make sure we've done number one the right way. Uh, we want to grow quickly but responsibly. And we have looked at sites. We are anxious to grow. And to be honest, I think in the next uh, two, three weeks, we'll really hit the ground hard, find a site in, too. In this market or in other markets? We, are, we want to open in North Texas again. We are open to doing another in Fort Worth or Dallas, but yeah. I would like to say it would be one of those two, or the neighboring communities. You talked about that you really tried to acquire a hot chicken concept first. Uh, tell everybody about that. Well, we went to Nashville, Tennessee to see what hot chicken You're was all about. buy Hattie B's. We tried to buy Hattie B's. <laughs> and there was a line of, it had to people, be more than 100 A line people. of people trying to buy Hattie B's. <laughs> there was. Well, and the owners, I just called the Bishop family who owns Hattie B's. And they had heard of Cheddar's before. And so they took a meeting. They said, we get a lot of phone calls of people that want to buy us, but we know Cheddar's. We like what you've done. Uh, will you come on in and let's talk? And we, we made a run. And they said no. And they said, we said, let's partner together then. And they said, we're just too young at this point. We only have three and we don't want to do it. So we, we licked our wounds. We went off. We found another hot chicken concept where or somebody said, hey, we're willing to do a deal. Um, it didn't work. And here we are. We said, let's just do it on our own. Mm -hmm. And and boom, the rest is history. What do you think about the chicken across the street, the Asian hot chicken at Deep Ellum that's with the Thai hot chili? That seems to be the, the you know, kind of the radical hot chicken. What do you think of everybody else's hot chicken? So, great question. I have enjoyed traveling literally the country eating hot chicken. We've gone to LA, that's as far west as we've gone for hot chicken, and we've gone as far north as Chicago. We've gone through Indiana, Kentucky, Nashville, Florida, New Mexico, Colorado. I mean, we've been all over the place trying hot chicken. Rule the Roost, which is new in Westworth, came from California, and they served Nashville hot chicken via California. It's been interesting. Some people do it a little differently. Um, I. I've only been to a few places where I would say that's similar to ours uh, or we're similar to theirs, but it seems like everybody's putting their own little twist on hot chicken. Um, 
I went down with my partner and tried Deep Elms, and I thought it was great. It's different than what we do, but it's I very thought, different. Yeah, yeah. But they, nobody, they did a nobody good job. thinks of it even as the same thing. Because Correct. It's so different. Correct. This is they think more of in the the chicken tenders restaurants and you know hot chicken tenders is what they think of. So what sides do you have here? So we have uh, all handmade fresh sides, making house. Out after the first few weeks, the most popular sides have been the french fries, dragon fries, mac and cheese, and sweet potato fries. So uh, dragon fries is hot? Is okay, it? dragon fries, <laughs> we take our regular fries, and then we put a little scorpion pepper mixed with garlic, salt, and whatnot, mm-hmm. put a little bit of that seasoning on them, so it gives them spice. Remember what I said about people with spice, they want to go back in for a second bite? Mm-hmm. What They've been highly uh, popular with that scorpion pepper. Okay. We also have Texas caviar, uh, coleslaw, and a uh, kale and house salad. Oh, I like Texas caviar. And the salads are good, too. The salads are not your throwaway uh, chain store salads. I mean, we've we've tried both salads and really like them. Last night, my wife came up here. We got both salads and one tender. So, you know, just split up one little little, uh, piece of spice to go with both salads. But they're not good. I was inspired by um, a a family friend on those salads. you know, there, there's a salad out there in the country that is my favorite, and I love to order it when I go to a certain individual place. And I thought... We uh, won't tell. You can <laughs> Well, so the Hillstone Houston's concepts across the country, my my father and the guy that started... One of the those, most successful restaurant companies in America. Yes. So my father and George Beale, who started that, uh, are longtime friends, and their first restaurant job was together at the very first Steak and Ale. Well... They serve a salad called the Macho Salad, and that inspired the Shack Salad. They're, it's a little different, but I, you're right. I wanted our salads to be elevated. I, I didn't want to do a simple, fast, casual salad that somebody threw together. I wanted it to be complex and somebody to say, "This, you're really differentiating your salads from other fast, casual concepts. That It's almost like what you would get at a full-service, really nice restaurant. And... Um, you know, this, the, the person making salads in the back, he, he might get a little frustrated because it's not easy. It's not just a little lettuce thrown into a bowl. Uh, it takes some time to toss it together and make the dressings. But but our goal was to serve the guests and offer the best food we can. Yeah, that's been a genius move because it's elevated you from a chicken restaurant to a bring the family, you know, salad for whoever wants a salad. You've got something. They're, they're, nobody can nix it. Nobody can say, no, I don't want to go there. They don't have any salad. You know, you, 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 you've got a restaurant that everybody can, can come to. So we call that the veto vote. My dad <laughs> always said, we, yeah, we got to think about the veto vote on what they want today. Yeah. That, that, that's what, what about your chicken and waffles? So the chicken and waffles, um, my, my business partner, uh, Stephen Payne, who's our uh, director of operations, he wanted to do the chicken and waffles. Knew that it was a little trendy right now, and he said, I, I think people will love it. And uh, the, they have indeed. And um, people are asking, we're not even open for breakfast, and people are asking if they can come in and eat it for breakfast, if we can cater breakfast with it. But it's been very popular here in Fort Worth. Yeah, people usually expect a place like this to have a chicken waffles, chicken biscuit, you know, Sunday morning, 8, 9, 10 a.m., Saturday, Sunday, something like that. But you're sticking to lunch, dinner, chicken, tenders, salad. You're kind of sticking to, to regular lunch, dinner. You've got a bigger bar than most places, too. Talk about the bar and the cocktails. So we know that most fast casual restaurants don't sell a lot of alcohol. Um, sometimes people, come, they want to come in. They want, to, they want a quick meal. But we said uh, we're hoping for dinner business here. And, and 
good weekend business. And we felt, let's have, we'll get a full liquor license. Let's have a, uh, a great margarita. Let's have local craft beers and, and then uh, two wines. And I laughed the other day, we just called our wine Cook Shack White and Cook Shack Red, which is a Chardonnay and a Cabernet. And people, they got upset when they said, why didn't you tell us what it was? When we found out how nice it was, we, we would have ordered some. That's way better than what we thought. And we're just selling a, a, a Mer Soleil, which is outstanding, and a semi-cab. But they went, that is not what most places would sell it for a fast casual wine. The margarita, we tried to create. We, we went around to all the restaurants we could in Fort and Dallas to find the best margarita. We asked other people, what do you think the best margarita is in town? We went and tried uh, eight, I don't know, eight or nine restaurants. Not on the same day. That yeah. wouldn't have been real smart. But we, we found a base that we could work with. And if somebody sells their margarita for literally $12, we sell something extremely similar for six. And folks, have, uh, they've loved it when we started. So we wanted that yeah, element we, we to be a part of it. We margaritas here that are not too sweet. The number one complaint is that margaritas are too sweet. We want yes. something that's not too sweet. Totally it's kind agree. Of the, the Fort Worth, the Fort Worth taste is that you could never make anything too hot, and but the margaritas should never be sweet, and that's the. So what's uh, the wine pairing with chicken? Is it like white or red? <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I don't know if we're ever going to do the wine again because most people are saying, "Does wine go with chicken?" I said, "Well, I put wine on. I figured if somebody got a salad, right. know, maybe somebody just loves wine. They don't like right, anything right. else." Well, I, I, I can see you have ribs here, so yeah. I guess maybe you the got red for the ribs. So I'll just drink the wine. Wine. I mean. Oh, we haven't talked about the ribs either. You right. Should, uh -huh. And and I got to say, I wasn't impressed with the ribs. I thought they were real middle-of-the-road chain restaurant. I don't know. You know, I'm sure you had good ribs at Cheddar's. But. Well, well, so the ribs were, um, we, I don't say we stumbled into it. We found something new. We, we were innovative. We took ribs one day, and we put the hot seasoning on there. We don't dip the ribs into the oil like we do the chicken, but we, we put seasoning on, and... As far as I know, we're the first people to have ever done hot ribs, um, especially the way we're doing it. And every week we've been open, we've sold more and more ribs. And people are, are placing catering orders for ribs like crazy at the beginning. What level of heat on the ribs? Because I had the Texas hot chicken, and it was great. I had the Texas hot ribs, and they were just way over the line too hot they were, they were spicy yeah okay and i think using it as a rub means that it's it, it, you know the pepper's much hotter and so you know what what's the most popular level um still with the ribs is medium but i do recommend when people get the ribs to go a level up on the heat because with the sugar and sweetness from the barbecue sauce yeah it usually counters yeah. the spice level i didn't use the sauce maybe that's a different oh sauce. there was no sauce on your ribs no I, they were just the ribs they were ribs just doused and just really rubbed hard in all the pepper and it was just <laughs> hot pepper ribs then and i thought you know this is not going to cut it so. no so um I bet those were really hot since you didn't they have any really, sauce. They, they were really hot. I thought, why are you doing this to me, Mark? I thought, I thought, okay, I got my 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 Texas hot chicken. It was good. I got my Texas hot ribs. <laughs> you know, it was, it was it was a different world. You know, one of the, one of those things a restaurateur would say is maybe maybe that was we made a mistake there, right? We're not we're not perfect. I'm really sorry that we messed that up for you. Uh, desserts, okay. You have a dessert. We have a dessert. Um, 
he, he, he's underplaying the dessert. The dessert is badly underplayed on the menu. Uh-huh. I've had the dessert. Uh-huh. It is way undersold. Talk about Thank it. Thank you very much. Stephen, my business partner, has an aunt. Uh-huh. And he calls her Aunt Peggy. And one day um, he came in and said, I think we should try one of Aunt Peggy's cookies. And she makes a butterscotch oatmeal cookie that is to die for. And then we said, what can we do that's different? We decided to make an ice cream sandwich with it. And we said, let's not only sell that because we should probably have a chocolate chip cookie. We got Aunt Peggy's recipe for that too. So we have an ice cream sandwich that we cut into quarters because you know what, we figured if there are two or four people at the table, we'll, we'll give everybody a sample. And it's important to know, like with Bud's uh, hot ribs, that when you eat something and, and you've got too much of that spice in your mouth and you're overwhelmed, there is one cure out there, and it's dairy. Ice cream, right? That's right. So the ice cream actually is the antidote <laughs> for when you have taken on too much spice. So the finish off your... Uh, AMF. Yeah, AMF, yeah. okay. So to finish that off, you suggest to have the ice cream sandwich set on the side, the re- ready to go. Have a little, uh, they're cut in quarters, so they're ready to pop into your mouth. Mouth, right. So you don't have to like, you know, the big problem with these big new ice cream sandwiches is you, you try to bite one and all the ice cream mashes out. They cut them into quarters here and you can pop it. It's really, they're little... There are little details here that are really, you know, uh, well attended. Uh, the, the fun element to this that we didn't know how we didn't we didn't know how AMF was uh, was going to work with the restaurant. We tried to think of fun um, monikers or fun names for our hottest heat level because there are some really interesting ones across the country. And with a couple of partners, it was difficult finding that right mm-hmm. that right number. And or that right name. And with AMF, uh, I told a story to my father and Stephen. We were having a meeting in the mines one day, and I said, um, I got it from a ski trip I went on a long time ago, and there was a ski run called AMF, and I asked the instructor what it was what it was called, and he, he said something. Well, I said, well, we, we can't use that. That's, that's not okay. Yeah, what's the and, family-friendly version? <laughs> well, they tell children, it's adios, my friend. And I turned to my dad and I said, that's it. We are adios, my friend. And it has morphed into its own fun way. Then there are people that have come up with way worse stuff than that that I've never heard of. So that's yeah. where, mm-hmm. yeah. The adios, my friend, is our, that's where we stand. That's what we say it is. That's a good spin. Is there anything you're going to add to the menu? Anything that you know now that, uh, that is will sell or that would sell or that you, you know, What's going to be your first change? Stephen and I have always wanted to sell cotton candy. We yeah. have looked at cotton candy machines. We have looked at cotton candy machines that are flying cotton candy where you can get 20 feet away from the machine itself. Um, I probably shouldn't even let you in on the secret, <laughs> but we have wanted to do that forever and to serve a really large uh, piece, uh, to have it come out on a table, be a little bit, I don't want to call it a show, but just a, a little bit of a spectacle, uh, bringing that big thing of cotton candy out. We have wanted to do that, and we didn't feel we had enough space in this restaurant, but that would be the one thing I would say would come next. A little novelty cotton candy. I've seen a few places do that. So, mm-hmm. so any news items coming up? Oh, and Steve, you know, the, the main things, I know we've just rattled on um, about chicken here because it's what everybody's talking about. Actually, biscuits are the big news. Hot box, hot box Biscuit Club is about to open on October 1st. That's the new trendy 
uh, biscuit sandwich restaurant just south of downtown on South Main. Beautiful little diner setting with a bar. Uh, they'll be open for breakfast and lunch every day. They have these big uh, fluffy uh, biscuits with, uh, I, oh gosh, I've forgotten the name of the flour, but it's a, you know one of the better biscuit, fl- white lily flour from the south. So it's a white lily flour, cream-based biscuits. You know, really a high-end southern biscuit, and they come with chicken or carnitas, or, you know, any sort of biscuit um, topping. Get the, the uh, house-made jams and uh, butter. Pimento cheese, too. Pimento, yeah, they're specialists in pimento cheese. Oh, God, I got it. That's a sidelight. I was at, at, a, I was at a, a, a party Saturday night at a country club, and they served little sliders, and it said, sliders made with roasted red pepper goat cheese mousse. Well, what that was was pimento cheese. So it, was, it was just basically an elegant name for pimento cheese. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they have, the Hot Box Biscuit will be opening. Everybody's been to their pop-ups. This is their first restaurant adventure. Uh, one of the things that uh, they, uh, uh, they're they doing this time that the, the people that have gone to all their pop-ups is that, the, uh, uh, that uh, they now have their own bar. So before, if we ever went to, if you ever went to one of their pop-ups, you was bring your own booze. And now so, you buy their drinks. Now yeah, so it. so they don't want people showing up with, you know, a bottle or something because yeah. they have their own drinks. So no, they, they they have cocktails now. Right. So yeah, don't don't BYOB to the right, business. Right, right. Don't don't do that no more. Uh, Patriotic Pig, uh, the barbecue, the re- discussion of that barbecue restaurant is in the Star Telegram and on Eat Speak this week. It's in North Richland Hills. It's a uh, it's it's a, not a, a total craft barbecue place, but he has really good ribs, and he uses prime brisket. It's a all-day place. It's not just something that's a truck that's open on weekends. Really good ribs, really big, good spare ribs, and you know one of the best of the regular cafeteria-style barbecue restaurants that I've seen come up. So, Patriotic Pig in North Richland Hills. That's on StarTelegram.com and DFW.com. Uh, Berry Best Barbecue had a fire, but they're still open at their northeast mall location. The other fun thing this week was that uh, Mayor Price from Fort Worth uh, had a luncheon with with uh, Mayor Eric Johnson in Dallas. And she told him, um, she told the story about how the new mayor, Eric Johnson, was just elected. So she brought him to Dallas for his first official lunch in Fort Worth as mayor. And she took him to Riata and she she ordered calf fries for them to share. So uh, and then so she laughed about that. And then he tweeted back. He said, he said, Mayor, those sure were good. What were they made of again? <laughs> yeah, I think Eric Johnson was kidding. I think folks in Dallas know what calf fries are. I think Mark. you're exactly right. <laughs> yeah, we did a story well a couple of years ago. Ago where we actually went out and tried all the calf fries here in Fort Worth. You did that story. I didn't take a part in that. I drew the line when I got to the, what was the calf fry pizza at Cattleman's? Oh, yeah, yeah, calf fry pizza. It was actually the one of the better calf fry dishes was the calf yeah. fry pizza. Yeah, we had the, we had the, what was it, the Grady do a demo on how to uh, how, how to actually uh, fry up calf fries. And Mark, so. absolutely nobody's done hot calf fries. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to be the first to do that. <laughs> I mean, just breaded and, and fried. I mean, that I think you probably just just dip in that oil, and I think you'll be all set. How far you've been great to visit with us. How how long is this chicken trend going to play out? Where is it going to go? I mean, some of these things, some of these some of these new food ideas, they come and they go pretty quickly. Uh, you know, how long is hot chicken going to be a big deal? So I think uh, it's got a long runway because from what we've learned over time is that chicken is healthier than other items. Now, I'm not saying fried chicken is healthy by any stretch, but the chicken is healthier yeah. uh, and and with the spice. 
And with the fact that if you're offering all-natural antibiotic-free chicken, uh, I think people say, I think it's going to be here a while. I mean, I know that people eat spicy chicken and spicy catfish, and I know there are doctors in town that recommend say they'd rather you eat fried catfish than eat a hamburger. So see, there yeah, you go. So just, That's good news. You know, definitely, <laughs> definitely, the spice is always healthy. Anything that stimulate people who live in spicy cultures, you know, have less depression. I mean, there are all these figures about how people who eat spicy foods, peppery foods, are healthier overall. So everything, everything about hot, about hot pepper is better for you. I need um, to eat more spice myself. Then, <laughs> well, come on, down. we're at the Cook Shack, you know, and we need to. We never gave the address. We should say 500 University Drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on the Cultural District of Fort Worth, just north of West Seventh Street, and the address is tricky. There's a North University Drive. There's a South University Drive. This is Plain University Drive, so it's the corner of University Drive and West Fourth Street. Uh, across from a Starbucks, I know that could be like one of a thousand. <laughs> right, <places. But laughs> that, that throws them off. But the <laughs> we're on the the uh, main drag of University Drive between the North Side and TCU, uh, as you're almost coming up to pass the Modern Art Museum. So, uh, the Cook Shack is open for lunch and dinner daily. Yes, uh, sir. Lunch at eleven daily. Is that yes, right? sir. Lunch Close at ten o'clock at night. Lunch and dinner. So steady hours. None of these tricky, you know, openings or closings. You know, chicken all the time every day. And so now, you know, Eat Speed isn't just a podcast. Be sure and fo- follow Steve Wilson on Twitter, TX Weekend Chef. Follow me at Eat Speed on Twitter. Uh, read us on dfw.com or startelegram.com uh, sign up for the podcast play you can find uh, nearly 150 back episodes to play on right. this Apple. will be 151 this is number 151 so uh-huh. listen to our conversations sometimes with uh, great restaurateurs great chefs sometimes with just us sitting around <laughs> talking about food right but talking yeah. about what we love but uh, uh, newsletter also yeah and follow the new that's right we have a restaurant newsletter now on startelegram.com yeah. sign up for the restaurant newsletter you get all the restaurant news and the podcast link emailed to you every week you can get it all it's all for readers of the of the of the fort worth star telegram and readers on startelegram.com so mark rogers thank you and thank the cook shack and uh, until next week on the eat Meat podcast i'm bud kennedy and steve wilson <laughs>